just want to give a big thank you to Dr. Mary Centron for supporting me. Um, she was a big support through um, this competition and just the fact that we're able to partner together and really just share the message of destigmatizing dyslexia. Just the fact that your child might have dyslexia or you might have dyslexia and you might struggle with certain things, but at the end of the day, there are measures in order to make your life easier. And so we're just trying to do a little bit of that, raise awareness to that. And I'm, I'm just so incredibly grateful that I've earned your support through all of this. Welcome to Dyslexia Solutions YouTube. I'm Dr. Miriam Cintron, founder of Step-by-Step -Step Dyslexia Solutions. We are a YouTube channel to reach out to dyslexic adults and to parents of dyslexic children so that we can let you know you're not alone and give you some of the tools that will help you be successful today and to help your child be successful in school and in life. So today I have a very special guest with me. She just competed for the title of Miss California and I wanna welcome her and we're, I'm gonna just share with her just as you're hearing from her for the first time after her competition. So welcome Christina Becker. Hi. Hi, I'm so excited to talk about how the pageant went and how you're feeling for making the top 10. That's so exciting. You wanna tell the audience a little bit about um, what the competition is and what it means to you? Of course, so the Miss California organization is a fantastic organization that allows me to advocate for a social issue that I chose um, throughout my year of service. And the issue that I chose was destigmatizing dyslexia. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I'm partnering with uh, Dr. Marianne Cintron, um, just because I want to spread the word about how dyslexics might be seen differently, um, how we learn slightly differently, but at the end of the day, that there really is no stigma around a, a dyslexia diagnosis, and that just by um, learning just a little bit differently and kind of changing that internal dialogue that a dyslexic is really able to succeed and thrive in the classroom. Well, I was so excited to see your, I'm gonna keep changing this back into gallery view because I wanna spotlight you when you're speaking, but I don't wanna spotlight me. <laughs> I was just so excited to see the talent, even though I couldn't be in Fresno, thanks for sending those videos. Of course. <laughs> and just your your modeling was beautiful, the white dress and yeah. your presentation, your speech was wonderful. I didn't know your dad was from Cuba. Yes. So that was real interesting to learn about. Let's try to find making being a citizen, you know, easier for people. And, yeah. but, but we really want people to value being a citizen, too. Right. I just really yeah. like that. And then, of course, how you shared about dyslexia. And then your piano playing. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. You were awesome with your piano playing. Now, we Thanks. share that dyslexic people thrive in entrepreneurism, architecture, engineering, and the arts. Yes. And so 
It's interesting. The minute you play the piano, I'm seeing your genius <laughs> with that because how long have you played piano? I've I played piano for a number of years now. Um, a little bit of break in between um, going off to school because it's really difficult to keep a piano in an apartment. <laughs> My, I bet. Yeah. Um, but I picked it back up again in the recent years and really just kind of found this love and appreciation for piano, just the ability to be able to kind of uh, voice my, my feelings without actually and having you did all this. <laughs> <laughs> and what I really loved was when you sat down, you just kind of threw your, the dress up or whatever. It was just beautiful. It was, I was seeing it from a distance, but it was very dramatic. Yeah. I had a cape and I wasn't able in order to like sit down at the piano bench. I had to, I had to throw it back and fluff it. Awesome. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a great touch. Is there any way the audience can actually see that in full view rather than the, the video that I have that was from a distance? So I will be posting um, the closer videos uh, here once I get them. We had the wonderful um, volunteer staff from uh, KSEE, which is a news team in Fresno. Um, they volunteer their time to videotape the whole thing. And so once I do receive those videos, I will be posting them on my social media at Miss Yosemite Valley on Instagram. And so people will be able to see um, a more up-close version more professional. of yeah. more, a more professional version yes, instead great. of just the the <laughs> cell phone recorded video. Okay, well, that's great. You know, you shared about not having a piano in the dorms or in your apartment. Yeah. Um, I know I envision there should be someplace corporately, you know, where there should be a piano in the lobby or something, but <laughs> that's not always it. Tell us some of the um the challenges you went through in the anticipation of the pageant, if something comes to mind about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, some of the main challenges, especially um, with COVID hitting, um, there weren't a lot of options to do in-person appearances. And so uh, pre-COVID, I was going into schools and talking with teachers about how important it was to recognize those dyslexic students and um, teaching young elementary school kids about dyslexia because a lot of them have never even heard of the word dyslexia. And so initially when COVID hit, I kind of had to shift um, how exactly I was still going to reach all of these individuals. And I came up with a more virtual way of teaching. And so I've created um, a slideshow presentation for elementary, middle, and high school students and teachers. So that way they would be more aware of what dyslexia might look like at different grade levels. I know. I need to um, talk to you more so we could collaborate about that and get in some of these schools down here in Southern Cal. Because for those of you who don't know, Christina's up north. Yes. So I'm she graduated from UC Davis. Yes. And what are some of the plans you have for veterinarian school? So I received my bachelor's degree from the University of California, Davis, uh, with a 
bachelor's of science in animal science. And so I have been applying to veterinary schools with the hopes of getting into one of them. And I'm actually get to um, share for the first time that I was accepted into St. George University's veterinary school program. So I will be starting that here in the fall. Uh, So just the fact that I get to start on my veterinary school journey and start the process of becoming a doctor, I am so excited and so thrilled. Well, congratulations. Let me be the first to congratulate you. (laughs) I think your family's ecstatic for you. Yes. Yeah, they are. And for the audience, tell everybody where St. George is. It is in the Caribbean. So it's in the Caribbean islands um, located in Granada. Will you repeat that, please? I might edit that out. <laughs> where, where is um, St. George for the audience who doesn't know? St. George University is located in the Caribbean islands. Um, it's in Granada specifically. That is just so exciting. So um, when are you going to start going out there? Um, I will leave here relatively shortly. I haven't really decided quite yet. I do want to spend some time with some of my family before I I head out, but we'll see to be determined. (laughs) Oh, that's so exciting. So Christina, you made the top 10. What does that mean to you personally? And then for a future in modeling and speaking? (laughs) Um, As far as pageants, as of right this second, I am not going to continue. I'm going to shift my focus to school. Um, But as far as receiving the honor of making the top 10 it's just it's it was definitely a goal of mine going into it um because for for individuals that might not be familiar with um kind of the pageant world and the way that it works is you compete everyone competes in a preliminary competition and for us it was two days of preliminary competitions and then after those two days they announce the top 10 with the addition of people's choice And so those 11 individuals made the cut of what the judges think could potentially be the Miss California. Um, So all 10 of us get to, or excuse me, 11 of us get to recompete and really just show the judges why we're qualified for this job. And then they get to make their decision from there. And so it was really just an honor to be able to be able to recompete, to be picked to say essentially you are one of the most qualified for this job and you get a chance to really show that to us again and then the fact that those top 11 individuals um will be rebroadcasted on um the local television stations like i said from from kse um there in fresno so it was just it's just a phenomenal uh, opportunity and i was really grateful for that so what did you do for your second competition? Do you repeat um, the, same, the same things? Yes. So what happens is um, you repeat everything over again, except for the interview portion and all of your scores from the first, first set of competitions um, get compiled into a composite score. And that is 40% of your score going into the final night competition. So we can recompeted in um, an onstage question type topic that we would speak on. We recompeted in talent, uh, recompeted in evening gown, 
and then also recompeted in our social impact initiative pitches. So it was the same competition with the same piano song? Yes. And tell the audience and myself what that is again. So my piano song was Moonlight Fantasy by Melody Bober. And it was also arranged um, by my piano teacher, Kathleen Clark. And so she was able to switch it up just a little bit to where it was a little bit more showy and oh. it was fun to play. That's so neat. It was, and I know it must feel so good to do that because, you know, that's your call. That's where God has strengthened <laughs> you. And so when you're, when you're in your element, you're going to shine and you, you worked hard. So you did well. And um, yeah. as far as the gown, did you do model as another gown or the same white? No, it, it was the same white gown. So I know that gets real expensive. <laughs> having to buy more and more. So How I mean, you- the, the one, the one really good thing that I would actually recommend people uh, do is yes, you can go out and spend money on a really expensive gown, but you're also able to ask. Um, I actually was able to borrow that gown from a friend. She lent it to me Aww. and I paid, you know, for dry cleaning, cleaning fees afterwards, but um, that was able to save me quite a bit of money as well. So I you would think that's wonderful. If people, if people think that the reason that they can't get involved in, in competitions like this is because of the money aspect, ask people, you might find some people that would be more than willing to help you out and loan you certain things. Well, and that's, thank you for that extra information. Yeah. So- People who don't know that you won the competition for Miss Yosemite Valley. Yes. How did you have a competition before that? I mean, is this like a stepping stone for you that people need to be aware of? Where, where do they get started? Can they yeah, just jump in? It is a stepping stone um, kind of effect. So there are, I just competed at the state level. And in order to compete at the state level, you have to win a local level competition. And so if anyone has any interest in competing in the Miss California organization, feel free to reach out to me at Miss Yosemite Valley on Instagram and Facebook, um, or even on my personal Instagram, which is at Christy B, C-R-I-S-T-I-B, one, two, three. Um, I would be more than welcome to answer any questions that you have on where to get started, where to get involved in some local competitions that might be in your area. And I hope if people are interested that they rewind this and they pause it and they get this information down because those were a lot of num- letters and name letters. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm just so excited for you. Now, Christina's on our board and yes. I'm just very blessed that she stepped up to be our treasurer. And so we're, we're a nonprofit and we're always doing exciting stuff. Right now we're looking at doing research to do brain imaging for the children who are in a research program for 16 weeks um, to see how the music impacts them reading because I developed a music app and a reading program. And we are claiming that kids are making one to three year gains in only six weeks. Christina, for kids who are fearful or reluctant to go to college, but they know they need to go to college because they have a career in engineering or teaching or medicine or architecture or any other um, 
maybe to be a veterinarian. How would you encourage them not to be afraid of going to college? What kind of supports can they expect? I would say don't give up. If this is a career that you have your heart set on, there are going to be things that you might struggle with, but don't give up. Um, There's different ways that you go about kind of reaching your end goal, whether it might be taking classes at a slower pace than your peers or reaching out to the disability service and talking to them because they have different um, ways that they're able to help you out. So for example, in college, um, I reached out to my disability department and I was given help in class by having a note taker. So during class, I would be able to just sit in class and focus and not have to worry about, oh, did I get all the notes copied down? Then I was able to meet with my note taker afterwards and receive the notes and then go through class again because I was able to record the lectures as well and then rewrite notes. So little things like that, that there's just there are ways that you can be helped in class to kind of make things easier. Um, But if you don't ask for help, no one's going to give it to you. You know, those are good tips. And, you know, it sounds like a lot of work to do that. But I remember when I went to UC Santa Barbara, they would have um, professor assistants that would meet with groups of students to go over study notes with us because College can be very intimidating and overwhelming, especially if you go from high school to junior college, then to a junior college to a university. Those steps are really overwhelming, especially when you see peers who are getting A's and B's right off the bat. But there's people who don't take advantage of those um, TA times. And everybody needs to take advantage of those opportunities because the professors teach to 200 students and you're just a little person in their big old classroom. But I'm just so proud of you. Um, We're going to wrap this up, but any closing thoughts or comments that you want to share with the audience? I just want to give a big thank you to Dr. Mary Centron for supporting me. Um, She was a big support through um, this competition and just the fact that we're able to partner together and really just share the message of destigmatizing dyslexia, just the fact that your child might have dyslexia or you might have dyslexia and you might struggle with certain things. But at the end of the day, there are measures in order to make your life easier. And so we're just trying to do a little bit of that, raise awareness to that. And I'm, I'm just so incredibly grateful that I've earned your support through all of this. Well, it's been my pleasure. And I'm just so glad I met you at the International <laughs> Dyslexia Conference. So we're going to wrap this up in a wonderful evening. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to this podcast in its entirety. If what we shared today has inspired you, would you please visit our website, dyslexia-solutions.com and consider making a donation so that we can keep these podcasts going. 
Also, please subscribe to our channel and find me on, on Instagram, Marianne Cintron. Thank you again for tuning in and may God bless you.